Hi, David. Hello, Ned. Help. What is it this time? Well, you know during the summer I couldn't figure out how to start the Ritual Ned. Yeah, I, I remember. All your ideas were crap. Well, I'm backstage right now, and I've got about 20 seconds to think of something hilarious to get the evening off to a bang. Any thoughts? Ah, uh, OK. Uh, leave it with me. Ten seconds, David. Wait, I've got it. Five, four... No trousers come onto stage without any trousers on. They'll break into wild, spontaneous applause. For sure they will. Three, two, one... Well, that ended unexpectedly, Ned and Pete. Yeah, come massively. It was a, it was bizarre, wasn't it, Pete? I mean, well, I suppose, I suppose, expectedly, yeah. but quite somber. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was interesting. It was interesting yeah. from our perspective because we, we were on air, David, with that fifth, fifth, and what we didn't know at the time, final stage. And mm. I think the BBC broke that original statement you know that the the, uh, the queen was under medical mm. supervision etc around about midday or lunchtime and um we were on air uh, and obviously i don't know whether you were even aware pete in the convoy that mm. that that news story had dropped yeah yeah i heard it heard it as well so it was it was just a strange very strange day wasn't it and how quickly mm. yeah well escalated yeah yeah, yeah. so i was, so my wife is a, a fervent royalist and was genuinely moved by it as was my mum as the majority uh, yeah. i say the majority and i was as yeah. well and as was peter yeah. um but my wife's been reading everything since and said that the medical supervision was actually a code to for people to know that she died because she actually died at three thirty. And oh. so the medical supervision was like, okay, it's happened. And now operation yeah. at London Bridge begins. So kind of, and what, what I found amazing about it all was the respect that in this, in this world that we now have where nothing's private and everything's leaked, nothing was leaked. It was kind of all that, and Crosswinds Dan, who was on the ground doing his VIP work at the, um, the Tour of Britain, had befriended many of the, the police there. And some of the police on the race, uh, much like um, at the Tour de France, the gendarmerie who do the all the, the out guard, the presidential guard, uh, quite a few of the police outriders at the Tour of Britain were part of the royal, the royal uh, guard for for the Queen, and that they were they knew this and they were going to be out called. And actually, if you go down to the beyond the kind of the the moral responsibility of the race to stop. Because the race is about celebration, and it's about it's the tour of Britain. It's a national tour, and we were entering into a period of mourning. There, you know, you have to kind of. Uh, it's really difficult for regions who have invested so much in that, then have to switch onto this Operation London Bridge, and then have this celebratory race come through. But actually, when you came down to the nuts and bolts of it, they had to ship out all the police because they were kind of going. Well, because yeah. I mean, just to yeah. add a little bit of detail to that, I mean, Hugh, Hugh Roberts, who works at Sweet Spot, told me that 12 of their motorbike, uh, the police motorbike riders, were mm. literally off the race within, I think he said, 90 minutes of, of that mm. original wow. news breaking. So, um, mm. but I mean, I think, re you know, reading between the lines about how the race finished, I think you're, I think the ideal 
situation from the organisers of the Tour of Britain would have been as follows, that stage six wouldn't have happened it, under no circumstances and quite, you know, mm -hmm. quite appropriately mm -hmm. yeah. then, you know, 24 hours after. But I think there was a will um, to resume with stages seven and eight. Uh, I think that, yeah. that would have been, from their perspective, the ideal kind of compromise and treading. And I and I agree. I think that would have been entirely appropriate to pause for twenty four hours and then resume it and take the race to the line out mm -hmm. of respect um, mm -hmm. to, to everybody, really, to, to the race itself, but also to you guys in the convoy, to all concerned, because you think about the amount of effort and organisation that goes into it. And I think that would have been. But as you say, David, it, it just couldn't have happened because it wouldn't have been able to run safely with that diversion of resources. Mm -hmm. um, so I think they. The reason that they kind of announced that evening in two stages, they said, first of all, tomorrow's cancelled. We will update you further later on in the evening. And then they said, OK, the whole race is cancelled, was because they, they gave it a couple of hours to see if they could possibly rescue the last two stages. Um, and, they, and they tried their best and it, and it wasn't to be. So that was, you know, that was that was the story of that. Mm -hmm. and, I, and there we go. Yeah. But I also think just on, which is quite weird, because I, I follow quite a, a a multitude of different news streams and in the US they went nuts on it it was amazing kind of NFL games NBL games Did everything they, right. had huge yeah yeah and they were like doing minute silences they were had her, this wonderful portrait software on the big screens New York Times it really did affect kind of globally and it does go to show and beyond uh, the idea of royalists and republicans all these different things it there's a great deal of respect for her because but she's just been yeah. a presence for for mm -hmm. for 70 years as the queen and and i think the presence there is like the key the mm. key thing because for me i'm not that patriotic at all really but you know when it was announced there was a strange feeling of almost emptiness because i've never had to deal with grief in my life from any of my immediate family members and actually when i think about it she's the one person through my whole life that Every Christmas dinner, the Queen's speech that McGran makes us all sit down and watch and my mum and they love it, you know. And it's like, actually, throughout my whole life, she's been the one constant person in authority in mm -hmm. the country that you've, you know, that you've associated yeah. with. Yeah. And it was very, very strange. It was, it was hard to put my finger on how I felt because, like I said, I'm not patriotic and et cetera, et cetera. But it was, it did feel very strange and yeah, almost like, oh, what? what do we do now yeah, yeah. i mean it's it's it marking the passing of an exceptional life it, i mean you know I'm, I'm not i'm not yeah you know i'm not doing anything other than repeating what's been said a million times subsequently but but it but it was exceptional it takes an incredible especially in this day and age where everyone's so divided it takes an incredible figure um to actually undergo this forensic analysis that we've had over what three or four days of a lifetime mm -hmm. and um yield almost no negative comment you know, I mean, mm. she she was yeah. she was you know regard as you say, Pete. Regardless of what you think of the institutions, whether you're pro or anti or, or neither, really, um, or, or neutral yeah. about it, she was she, she was an unimpeachable character. I mean, it's seemingly and um, yeah, yeah it's, it's remarkable. I think though, I mean, I've been kind of wondering about this moment that was inevitable for a long time, like probably we all have, and kind of bracing myself for what I considered would be a a really seismic shock to this nation and to all our individuals. I mean, a, you know, genuinely kind of mm. seismic event. And if I may kind of like be afforded this comment, I, I, and this is a good thing, this is a positive thing. I don't think that has happened. 
to the extent that I thought it would. Mm. I think that, um, and I think there may be a number of reasons for that. This is just me kind of reflecting on it myself. But I think that we have all as individuals over the last few years uh, and collectively gone through a kind of, um, we've gone through a series of events and geared ourselves up for a series of events that have deeply affected us. And I think we are slightly, um, I think we've developed a harder skin, you know, a tougher skin. And it hasn't perhaps rocked us as much as I feared it might do. And I also think that there's something, um, and again, I'll just say whether or not, whether or not you, you, you're in favour of the institution, I think there's something remarkable about the way that no sooner did she die than the next, you know, the next statement that followed on was Buckingham, from Buckingham Palace was that this guy's the king. You know, King Charles is now in charge. And there wasn't, the, you know, that mm. followed instantly. So there is a kind of um, hammering down of the structures in which, for better or worse, you know, this country operates that is actually quite impressive mm. at times, I think. Yeah. Constitutional Con- monarchy. The constitutional monarchy, um, you know, it has... It yeah. has... It has value. At, at this point, it seems to have... Yeah, yeah. yeah I, would, I would say so. I do think it has value. Yeah. So, yeah. But one of the good things was it meant that I got to get home for Archie's Eventually. Birthday. And eventually, which after a very long day traveling, and Pete got to go out for a bike ride on Saturday morning with yeah. Mark Cavendish. And, and Mark Christian. Yeah. Uneventful, was it? And Mark Christian. First ta- yeah, first time I've done over two hours in about a year and a half. How, how'd it go? I was getting like well, live streams from Mark. Really? Oh, right. Oh, there is a few stories, actually. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm on my bike from 2016, my national champion's bike that I kept. Um, but it, the gears ran out straight away out the door and I was like, well, I'll just, it's all uphill to Cav's house. So I was in the easiest gear, got there and I was like, I need to, but he's got a 2013, um, specialized bike from his first time at quick, his first stint at quick step, <laughs> um, fits me perfectly, put the saddle up about a centimeter and it, it was great. And then, so, but then things went from bad to good to bad quite quickly when oh i think i didn't tell them but i think when i was trying to put the saddle up i like whacked the saddle so hard that it popped off the like the carbon bits that the saddle (laughs) slots into at the end you know the nose the two rails yeah yeah. but he was like so when it came off he was like how has this happened i don't understand it i was like i don't know i honestly don't know how this has happened so we like managed to slot it back in and i had to like sit in the saddle and not move like you know sometimes you like shift in the saddle a bit because if I did that and then went down a descent and it rattled off and I just put it in my back pocket and we went up a hill and he looks around and he goes oh how's the saddle doing Peter and I go, oh, just in my back <laughs> so then we rolled down into Ramsey to like the most old school DIY shop ever like they have it's like an Aladdin's cave of everything you could ever need you know bought some electrical tape for about one pound eighty and you know no taped way. it up on the front and I looked at Cav and said, this would blow Alex Richardson's mind, wouldn't it? You know, changing his bar width, his frame, his wheels, his everything every day at the Tour of Britain. And I was like, all you need is a bit of electrical tape and off you go. And I said, it's like when you stop, you're so unconditioned to how you feel on a bike that like, I just jumped on Cav's bike and it was totally fine. Um, yeah. Oh, so, so good. He said you were half wheeling the whole time. And then, yeah, yeah, for about an hour and a half. And then... um 
things were things were really good and then they were like okay and then the last half an hour it was like i need to get home now and then we went out for food with mark christian's wife and cab uh <laughs> last evening which was really nice so yeah, what airbnb <laughs> hotels uh, as a rider or a fixer for me might still be on who knows wow. that would be amazing if you ended up <laughs> this there, is so <laughs> these were his words he said he had the half wheel on for 60 kilometers even with his saddle <laughs> hanging off and then he was like <laughs> and he said and i was like fresh af and he was just like he blew and i was like standard and he said well not blue but just stopped enjoying it <laughs> and then put a laughing face. Legends, Mark Cavendish, legend. From one legend yeah. to to another, though, because um, I, I think we should just just by way of sort of capping off the the tour of Britain that we all worked on, and it seems a bit kind of like just a way of rounding it off, David. As we would drive, we just jumped in the car, hadn't we? It started to pour with rain. Yeah, we had in Mansfield, yeah. and I said, "Look uh, over there at the Movistar car." A bus, rather. I said, there's Max Chandry, who, of course, we've been chasing for this podcast mm. for days. Mm. So we, you literally put your foot down yeah. went, across the car park, screeched to a halt, and we jumped out and... Blocked the bus. Blocked the bus from getting away, kind of Starsky and Hutch style. That was amazing. <laughs> and then um, and then we yeah. tried to basically jump on the on the Movistar team bus because we thought Max had invited us yeah. on. But it wasn't didn't quite work out like that. But we did end up having a, a, a chat with Max Chandry, finally. And then... The race winner, who we didn't know was the race winner at the time, but Gonzalo Serrano, mm. we had mm. a little interview with him. So um, this just kind of like caps off the uh, the aborted tour of Britain. Yeah, you guys do that. Yeah, you can come. Yeah, well, we're just we're in the car park. It's pouring with rain, and we just we were just about to drive off, weren't we, David? Yeah. And uh, we just we bumped into we've got Max Chandry. <laughs> we just tried to. David said. They said, oh, we'll jump on the bus. Well, I didn't think, yeah. there'd, be any, I didn't think there'd be riders in there. Yeah, well, there's yeah. Uh, two riders. We, we, like, another guy pulled out today. We fucking oh, got fuck. a virus oh. going around. Oh, no. Yeah. So you're down to three? Three riders. Yeah. Eviti? Eviti and uh, Oscar Rodriguez. Oscar and, Rodriguez yeah, and the leader. And the leader. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be me pretty soon. We'll <laughs> <laughs> be back in, coach. I'll be back in. Oh, that's, that's bad. So, so you've yeah. got a sickness going through the. Is that why Jorgensen didn't start? Yeah, that's there? why Jorgensen didn't start. Yeah, he's got the, 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 this virus, you know, I mean, they're all stomach problems and oh, no. so on and so on. Yeah. So, oh, no, and sick. even Imanol's pretty sick. Eviti's pretty sick. So, we, we, oh, that's, that's not great. So, hey, listen, tell us about. Um, Gonzalo Serrano, because I don't know too much about him. He's really, you know, he's I know that he's took he took those couple of victories at Andalusia when he was riding. Yeah. No, I mean he's he's he's, he's, he's fast. He Very can, fast. He's fast. I mean, there were pretty th three dogs out there yesterday with him. So I mean, to beat them guys, you know, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. You know, I mean, guys will win big big stuff. You know, so um, um, he's fast. He can climb. He can climb. And I think, you know, he's gone through ups and downs. He's had COVID a couple of times. He crashed. He broke his elbow, something like that. So he's got a few, he had a few issues during the year. Last I saw him was in Switzerland. He pulled out. I said, listen, prepare for UK and the final because you have a really good chance for you. And then he comes here and, you know, he performed really well yesterday and, mm. it, was, and it was good. And I think the team performed really well yesterday. Yeah, they did. Really, they they really, were a really, super really, race. Super they race, you know? they were so good. When they yeah. closed down, yeah. kind of the pig yeah. cog move. Yeah. Yeah. And they closed down and I was like, uh, I was hoping that Imanol wouldn't get dropped. And he didn't, he kind of got dropped, but then he came back in. Yeah. I said, listen, and I had, a, I had um, Mattel in the car, Jorgensen, yeah. and he wanted to see the race. And, he's, and I was like, listen, we have 6K to win and lose this Tour of Britain. Yeah. And that was a 6K, we had to close that gap. And then it was like 47, 47, and then it dropped down, boom, to like 25. And I said, okay, they're coming back. 
And then, you know, he won the sprint. That was really good on the, K on the KOM. And then, you know, they just managed to peel off. And, and then he won that the, the final sprint. So that was a double bonus, you know. So, we, you know, we're looking in. Unfortunately, today, Pitcock, without third place, is yeah, very did. Closer, yeah. So Yeah, it's down to three seconds now, I think. Yeah, actually. three seconds. But that was a shit sprint. How the fuck can they do a sprint like that? Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty bad. I have to say, I mean, as much as I love Tour of Britain and, and, and racing here, it's wasn't like, clear, right? The, the, nah, the, the, yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's till something really bad happens, you know. And then it's like, I mean, they have to think it's already hard enough to just get from point A to point B with all the all the road furniture there is in the UK, and that's a lot. And uh, but today was a pretty bad finish, you know. So well, yeah. Tomorrow's gonna be a hard day. Have you had a look at the profile? Tomorrow's going to yeah. be a hard day, but we, we know we're three riders, so what, what really can we do? You know, we're just going to have to... You had a lot of friends on the road today, though, didn't you? A lot yeah, of teams. Yeah, you know, like... I mean, everybody's got their own little uh, issues going on, you know. I mean, little, not issues, little, how do you say, little, they have their plans, you know, so yeah. everybody's got their own plans and yeah. and, and people are jumping in and, you know, that was, that was perfect, you know, so we, we knew it was going to happen and I think people, they know that we're down to four or three riders you yeah. know so i mean what what can, we're not going to close the gap you know we can't yeah. do that we're not going to do that yeah and we see him and all how he is tomorrow so i mean yeah. if he's not going to start then it's going to be two riders so oh, that's we, we, we're just going to have to see what's what oh that's a it's a real shame for i mean i think it's a real shame for gonzalo that he's got himself in this position because he's ridden so strong and then his team is dissolving around him i think that's really tough that's yeah well, yeah, I'm, we're leaving. We're dropping you. Okay, we're go dropping for it. you. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, okay, there he is. Oh, yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Gonzalo. Um, hi. My, this is David Miller. Sí. Uh -huh. my, 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 my name is Ned. Um, are you going to translate? Well, I can translate. Yeah. 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 Why not? You speak yeah. a bit of Spanish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is going to be, firstly, big compliments to you. You've ridden a fantastic race to now, and yesterday's finish was uh, was very, very strong. You must be very happy. ¿Entiendes? ¿Puedes hablar en español? Sí, puedo hablar en español, sí, perfecto. Voy, voy sí, eh, hoy ha sido un día fácil. La verdad que, bueno, estoy bastante contento con llevar el mayor rojo aquí en el Tour de Gran Bretaña. Ayer, encima, conseguí el liderato y la victoria de etapa, que sabe todavía mejor. Así que muy feliz, muy contento y bueno, esperando un poco por estos tres días que vienen a ver cómo está el cuerpo, el that's, equipo. That's <laughs> I got today, the first. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, today was easy. Yeah, he's super happy to have yeah, the jersey. I got that bit. Yeah, yesterday was a good race. Yeah, and now he's just looking forward to kind of yeah. carrying on like this. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're from Madrid. Yeah, I am from Madrid. You're from the capital city. Yeah. Now you've won two stages of the Ruta del Sol in yeah. the past. Yeah, were they also like? hard finishes like sprints like yesterday or si what, what stages were they los dos victorias son Ruta del Sol son sprint o son son etapas como ayer si o son más sprint masif o individual sprint duros subida siempre hard sprints yeah unclimbs si no sprint masivos pero sprint duros un poco en subida so the tour of Britain it's kind of like perfect for you. Yeah, the last day, you know? The, 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 with the mm. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the last day, the final is, is I think, it's really it's good, good for you. Yeah. Oh, ah, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Bueno. And tom uh, tomorrow? Have you looked at tomorrow? Sí, eh, pero a ver un poco de salida, eh, los equipos cómo quieren mover. Porque bueno, estamos solo tres y un poco yeah. ver cómo se mueve la gente. Yeah. He wants to see the start and see how the teams move yeah. and see what understands because they can't do much. They're three riders yeah. and see how the race unfolds at the beginning. But there's not much they can do about it. Yeah. 
Good luck. I'm sorry about the thank team. You. It's bad luck ah, about the you. team, but good luck. Yeah. Thank you. Suerte. Thank you. Muchas gracias. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's get a Gloucester, shall we? Yeah, just generate content all the time wherever we go, don't we, Dan? Oh my God, that was total yeah. serendipity. Yeah. So that was that was the tour of Britain. Um, and the Vuelta's, well, actually, as we speak, it's stage 21, guys, has just started. That's... Mm. Oh wow! The, of the Madrid, yeah, so the Madrid sprints. The, they are eight. Yeah. They've got eighty-nine kilometers to go, yeah. and I think mm. it's all together. There is an ex- just the last update on pro cycling stats was acceleration in the peloton by Rowan Dennis. So it's all to, all still together. I think it's the Madrid mm. sprint mm. stage. But it's our my dream has been fulfilled. Remco is winning the Volta Spain. He's won it. Well, yeah, That's he's going to yeah, he's going to win. It. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's gonna be the stars are aligning. Stars are aligning. Never race far. Got an interview with Max <laughs> Andre and the, the race winner of the Tour of Britain. Yeah, Evan Paul's about to win his first yeah. Grand Tour. Yeah, and um, Caleb Ewan. Not that this has anything to do with stars aligning. Won in a random race in France today as well that I watched at my parents' Fr- house. Yeah, French Cup. It's the Grand Prix de Fourmive, La Voie du Nord. Yeah. Um, uh, but he beat he beat old Dylan Groenewegen, didn't he? And a and apparently picked up 200 UCI points as well, which is just colossal for those yeah, races. Yeah. To get a load, so that's really important for Lotto Sudal. Wow, that's huge! Considering you get what <laughs> 10 for a stage yeah, at Tour of Britain, something like that. <laughs> yeah, God, that's why the system's so yeah. messed up. But yeah, I mean, hats off. But going back to the yeah. welter, it's kind of it's been a really weird because Roglic was coming back so strong, and we had so much pity for him three days ago when he did that amazing attack in the final three k's we spoke about it briefly on wednesday's pod our penultimate our last pod actually and then he crashed himself but then a press release was put out yesterday where he blamed well he well he and the team basically blamed uh Fred so Hyde. this is this is just so we get off sort of facts straight here i'm reading from the i presume they've got their facts straight this is from the cycling news report um, published two days ago, actually. Um, Primoz Roglic has laid the blame for his Vuelta Espana crash and subsequent abandon at the door of Fred Wright, the Bahrain victorious rider he collided with in the closing metres of stage 16. The Slovenian crashed out, da-da-da-da-da. Speaking on the Jumbo Visma team website as part of an article titled One Crash Too Many for Primoz Roglic, there is, no, there is hope for safer racing, which is quite a strange title anyway. Roglic attributed his crash Very to strange. a rider's behaviour directly referring to Wright in his comment. This was not okay, Roglic said. This shouldn't happen. People move on swiftly as if nothing happened. For me, that doesn't apply. This is not the way I want the sport to continue, and I want to make that clear. And then he talks about the nature of his injury. Um, So I I think a lot of people then went back to look at the, the replay of the crash. And as far as I can make out, and you always have to be cautious with this because I think, you know, social media, especially in the language that we operate in, English mostly, mm-hmm. um, w- will obviously be <laughs> looking at this through a prism that maybe is a little bit biased. So you have to be cautious, I think, when analysing this. But I'm finding internationally as well in people's reactions, very little support for Roglic's position or even really understanding yeah. of what he's getting at. Um, mm. So I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. take this one on the chin, but just to protect... Um, Peter's potential employment <laughs> uh, possibilities at Jumbo Visma um, is, <laughs> is I think it, there's a couple of things that are strange to this is that normally you'd, you'd say something like, like that in the heat of the moment, kind of in the post-race interviews uh, or the same evening. I was just about to say that, David. Yeah. 
yeah it's it's like a, a post-race when you're still full of stress and the adrenaline's yeah. pumping. Those are the exact words you say, but it's so clinical for two days after, Re- isn't it? Really unusual. I slept on it really twice. Unusual. Yeah. You slept on it twice. And, and we said, and for anybody that's raced, you know, if you, the effort that Roglic did, and it was incredible and it's just beautiful. It was brilliant Roglic, kind of, it was a random move and ripped it off the front of the peloton and was so strong. Pulls off in the final few hundred meters the moment you pull off, there's something that happens. You relax, weirdly. Your body relaxes, kind of the tense goes. And you often see this in big lead-outs in the peloton. And we see it over, I mean, we see it over and over again because we've watched years, so it probably happens like once every two years. A lead-out person kind of uh, does their job, pulls off, and they go through, they're sliding back through the peloton, they get clipped off, and they fall down. It's because your body relaxes, which means if you're clipped from behind, everyone's always overlapping you. you, you mm-hmm. You're not holding on strong enough to like, to, to just counter that yeah happened to um, me with Ryder Heisdale in the 2013 Tour de France and yeah. we were blocking the road and he attacked and he came up the left and I was we were blocking the road so I was on the very left completely relaxed because I thought the break was gone he came to attack and he li- literally just skimmed my bars but it's enough to make that effect where they just take them from underneath you mm-hmm. and yeah you can't really hold anything against anyone in a racing situation like that when there is space but no. you know Cause I'll, yeah cause I'll, right. give a, I'll give a prime example and this is going back to tour of britain that final stage which we didn't get to talk about where pigcock got third mm. on the stage in mm. a bunch of sprint he kind of we questioned why kuyakoski was riding they afterwards we found out they were actually riding for the bunch sprint for pigcock to try and get bonus seconds in the bunch yeah. sprint which is an insanity he's 58 kilos the rider he was mm. racing against, uh, Jordi Meos, is 80 kilos and 20 centimeters taller than him. <laughs> and, you know, that's, you know mm-hmm. that's why he's a sprinter and Pigcock is what he is. But if you go back to that footage and look at it, in those final 250 meters, Jordi, Jordi Meos is quack, quacks Pigcock and Pigcock does not move. It yeah. was like, geez, because he's in the race. And that was a legit kind of like get out of the way and Pickock holds his line. What Roglic did, he peeled right off, like, and we spoke about this afterwards, Pete, he did like a, a team pursuit, swing off to the left-hand side of the road, then swung back into the group. And Fred Wright is going up. He's in his sprint. He's fully tensed up. And he's treating him like another person taking part in this. You take the impact. Mm-hmm. But Roglic was just slotting back in again, relaxed, and just got the impact and just goes down. You cannot blame Fred Wright for that. Especially when no. Roglic, and I think even I think Nicole saw this meme where you had all that space, Roglic. <laughs> you had loads yeah, of space. It was <laughs> what they were talking about was so out of context yeah. in terms of rider safety and how people are, you know, how it's the, the riders to blame. And they talk about, then they talk about like road furniture and the way the, the parkour is designed. And the, the director actually said fundamentally it's, and he is right to a certain extent with how the, how the riders race and the risk they put themselves under. But in this incident, it's like if you're if you're basing that on this incident, then you can never ever advise your riders on your team to, to take part in a bunch sprint of any form again, because they're the risks. It's ludicrous. Ludicrous is a good word. So yeah, so that was a Rockledge incident, and um, so I think we've got our points across. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I was just, it's interesting. I'll just kick back and listen to you guys there, and um, it's it's very hard to mount any kind of convincing counter what you said it does seem like a, um, a mm. very poorly advised pr move from yumba visma and it's unfortunately it's kind of tarnished 
Primoz's Roglic's Primoz Roglic's burgeoning reputation because I think he's won hearts and minds over recent years and his hard luck story and you know showing much more character but it's, it's knocked him back a bit there in the eyes of many I think N nevertheless I mean I'm mm. I'm uh, really interested to see who goes to which race next year aren't you like of the of the Grand Tours yeah. we especially when you factor in Egan Bernal potentially returning Richard Carapaz leading EF Education Easy Post he won he won stage 20 sorry 19 or was it no 20 at the Vuelta um, there's a lot of moving parts there. And then, you know, does Remco Evenepoel need another Grand Tour uh, tilt before they send him to the Tour de France to do battle with Pogacar and Vingegaard? I, I, I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's just got... And, and Roglic, you know, what does Roglic do? How does he come back now? It's, it's really, you know, Remco. very interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, also also raced, by the way, the Grand Prix Quebec. That one. Uh, which, thanks to... Thanks to Peter for educating us on yeah. um, Quebec City yeah. existing. <laughs> oh God, that's well, way back yeah. in the day now, isn't it? I know. Never strays car. Yeah, yeah. Full circle. So he did he win it? Uh, no, but Benoit, Benoit Cosnefroy won no. it. Yeah, from a he went solo Cosnefroy. with just over two kilometers to go, and he hung on. So and he beat he beat all the hitters, oh, yeah. didn't he? I did. I did that race um, in two thousand and eighteen. Attacked for the lap and a half to go on my own uh, yeah. and um, got caught with like oh, 500 years ago and I said to Cav we were talking about it I said to Cav I said oh. I was away for a lap and a half got caught with 500 metres to go um, I would have won it if it was a headwind and he goes yeah but then wouldn't it have been a headwind on the opposite section of the course anyway so you basically would have got caught and not won I was like alright yeah stop <laughs> good old Cav stop <laughs> applying your deflating <laughs> logic Mark Cavendish <laughs> just go with it <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's why he's a sprinter <laughs> <laughs> yeah, catch that fool. I remember, you know, like you know, like Pete's confusion about hay bales, like about dam building, yeah, and not not quite not yeah. quite getting oh, it, yeah. even though it's blindingly obvious. Um, I remember Matt Stevens telling me that he once had to sit down with Alex Dowsett and go through very very slowly the following thing. So Alex Dowsett, time trialist, couldn't figure out why um, if you did a time trial with a hill in the middle. You, you'd, your average speed would be slower, right? Than if it was just flat. He went well, but he said, but okay, I get, I get that oh, you yeah. slow down on the uphill, but you speed up on the downhill. So surely it just equals itself out, hmm. and so your average speed is is the same as it would be if there wasn't a hill. And Matt went, no, 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 but there's a but there's a hill, so you slow down on the. And then what he couldn't get, what he couldn't understand was that you're climbing for longer than you're descending. <laughs> But if yeah. the time trial was completely equal climb and descent percentage and that equaled speed, then potentially you could have the same average speed. How do you mean? No, because... So sometimes you have like 4K climb at 5% yeah. and you might have a 3K descent at oh, I see what 8% you mean. where you can't, you can't catch up your average. But if the, if the climb and descent are completely equal and ridden at the same speed, velocity, um, then would... Would the overall be equal? So, for for example, if you're doing 30 kilometers an hour on the climb for 5k, and you do 60 kilometers an hour on the descent for 5k, hold the same average on the other flat sections <laughs> of the course. Essentially, your time would be the same as if there was no climb, but it'd have to be. Exactly it would have to be. It would have to be so. Yeah. So we asked time trial, David. Well, yeah. It, can I just I quote did. a theory that, that if that were to be the case, <laughs> mathematically, if that were mathematically possible, like the climb 
to get to the top of the hill would have to be super short and sharp and steep, wouldn't it? And you'd have to just bl- blast up it. And then a, like a really kind of long descent where you can hold a... V- yes. Yeah? Is that right? Yeah. So I used to be my tactic in uh, those time trials like that where you had little hills was go as hard as you can on the hills, mm. kind of smash the climbs, kind of to the point of nuking <laughs> at the top. Because I figured then you just have to get to speed in the descent because you, you reach a terminal velocity in the descent. Everyone's going to go the same speed. So, mm. and this has got nothing to do with the overall average, but the way to win time trials, and those, you forget the kind of the power, kind of, I've got to keep this average power, this is my threshold, whereas, okay, this is going to be four minutes, I'm going to have to go f- way deep in the red and rely on absolutely nuking, but nuking just as I get speed back up in the descent, because then you're literally kind of, I'd always ghost the other riders I was competing against, imagine what they were doing on the climb. And go, I can yeah. go a lot faster than, than there because everyone's going to go. If I get myself back up to speed in the descent, there's only a certain speed that we can all go down here, but I can go faster on the uphill. Mm-hmm. And so it was that idea where you're always going, well, where can I make time? I can yeah. make time here. Now, there's a, we can all get 80 kilometers here. Now, I can't. And tailwind, everyone's going to go 60 kilometers an hour in the tailwind. But in the headwind, if you're going 35, I'm going to go 40. And you just kind of train yourself for nuking at the right just before you turn into the tailwind or just before you get to the descent. But yeah, so that's where you make the descent. But that, difference. that works. I get why that would work for a rider like you, David, a kind of bigger rider, like a, with a yeah. time trialist frame and all that mm. sort of thing. But mm. the counterpoint to that mm. is I was thinking back to the, the opening time trial of the Giro this year where Simon Yates did that amazing ride and won the stage. And that stage mm. was flat, 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 flat for eight kilometers and then a, a two kilometer, one and a half mm. kilometer climb at the end. And he actually paced that completely like counterintuitively he went super hard on the flat and then rode and, and rode yeah. roughly the same time as some of the bigger time trialists on the climb but but mm. but so he obviously knew his natural advantage his natural ability on the climb would mean that he would go fast up there anyway if not the fastest but where he needed to make yeah. the difference was on the flat and that's where he kind of like where you nuke yourself on the climb he nuked himself on the flat yeah yeah so like my one of my brother's jobs at Boring Victorious is to um, strategize the time trials in terms of like, I've seen a plan that he's done. He's got the parkour in front of him, the profile, and each segment is um, what average watch you need to do. So it'd be the flat section on the climb, on the downhill, and it's all broken up so the riders know exactly what they want to do, which blew my mind because every time trial I ever did in my life, I started first five minutes, I was doing like 30 watts over my thresholds, and I was thinking, oh, I'm on a good day, aren't I? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Absolutely <laughs> flying. Like actually, actually believe that I could average this for another thirty mm. minutes. You know what I mean? Seven minutes <laughs> later, <laughs> <laughs> oops, <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's a negative splits. Negative splits it's are classic, about isn't it? kind of going against what you feel. Yeah. That's why it's the best. Exactly. We kind of call them negative splits, but they're not because it's basically you're holding yourself back. It's kind of because you mm-hmm. feel so good and it feels so easy at the beginning because you're so pumped up, you're glycogen full, you're kind of adrenaline, you're yeah. psyched, you roll off, you've got all the buzz and then everything's easy, but everything's easy for a few minutes and then it's like, oh exactly. no, that's all that's all gone. And now it's like, uh-oh. It's, it, it's the classic saying of let, letting the pain come to you. So the speed yeah. stays the same, but the pain has a trajectory like throughout the whole yeah. time trial and at the end you're doing the same speed but it feels you know 50 percent yeah that's actually that's, that's that's really good because what you'd have is in kind of in modern terms you'd have a straight line of kind of power 
and kind of across the whole mm. thing. Although it'd have blips, obviously, depending on the terrain. But your perceived effort would be a kind of <laughs> X, Y diagonal line. It would just be going zero at the beginning. And it would just be by the end. You would it be? Ten. You cross the line. Would that ten. line be not exponential, David? Would it not accelerate? Wouldn't the, the, the amount at which it was painful, yes. it would kind yeah. of like go up like that. Yeah. It would be a curve rather than a straight yeah. line. Yeah. You're right. It would it would be exponential because that would be a steady trajectory, kind of a like kind of gradual line to halfway, and then it steepens yeah. up, and then then it starts to curve towards the end. And the last few k's, it's basically going vertical, and it's like yeah. So my line would messy. go like flat, flat, flat. Seven minutes up, 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 and then it just go down <laughs> all the way. When I realised that I couldn't time travel for like the the hundredth time in my career, I still believe I could. Uh, <laughs> it's after uh, Dave Brailsford said I was going to win the tour in 2010 next for the British rider so I always believed it <laughs> <laughs> oh he believed it, <laughs> believed it. <clears throat> and oh also well we'll yeah. come on to that yeah, but it may so not funny. be over yet <laughs> yeah mm. yeah mm. Um, <laughs> other races <laughs> uh, the the <laughs> And yes, Sarah Tizit challenge at the Vuelta, which is a it's a women's world tour race that's mm. been around for a few years. It's expanded into a multi-day stage race now, but it's kind of hard to pay attention to. I find I don't know why I, I don't know why it is, but anyway, this year it's had a really strong field. Uh, Elisa Belsamos keeps smashing it. I think she won today's stage or she won yesterday's, but the Queen stage was won on a summit finished by Annemiek van Vluten, who's just been performing all year and has just kind of confirmed. What we all knew, she won the Giro, she won the Tour de France Femme, and then she's won the Vuelta as well, which isn't bad. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of killing absolutely it. killing it. Head and shoulders above. We need Lizzie back. Lizzie, yeah. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah. Not long. Yeah. Well, not long. Well, six months. Yeah. 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 And then you've got to give the the year after it to yeah, get exactly. back to your level. Assimilate. We, we had like a two-year strategy, didn't we, in the car? Of a, yeah, we did. We really helped her. I think, I, I'd, like, I'd like to think we helped her. Definitely, yeah, definitely, in some ways, yeah. I hope definitely so. helped her, and in some yeah. ways, it must be said, <laughs> in some ways she helped us as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very tangible ways. Like pe- people really yeah, enjoyed the pod ways. while she was on it, and uh, and you know, let us know yeah. how, how much it dipped subsequently yeah. in terms of its appeal. So, so the, the so Lizzie, yeah. the Lizzie yeah. effect. So, Pete, can I ask you after your ride yesterday yeah, uh, with Mark and and with two Marks, Mark squared, and the. <laughs> And <laughs> very good that went, that. went on. That was a good uh, one for you, David. Yeah, yeah thanks. Wins Matt. the pod. Has it taken the wind out of your sails <laughs> regards um your Far Eastern Well option? They don't know no one knows about the Far Eastern option that you've j- right, so I know. I I'm I'm handing I'm yeah, putting okay. on a platter to see whether, whether Pete wants to talk yeah. about it or not. Yeah, I just um I was just messaging Cav actually while we were speaking and sent him a screenshot of you two and he said some pod set up that like, <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> so, well, I d- yeah, I mean, I, I guess I can talk about it. I've got nothing to lose and nothing to gain. Uh, it just is what it is, which is I came down to, so, right, backstory. Thomas <laughs> Glog, uh basically came up with the idea for the team doing Tour de Taiwan, uh, which is at the end of the month. Uh, but now he's got to do um, some one days, Emilia, um, Piemonte, and whatever the other one is for Jumbo Visma, just to get oh, to know the team okay. and right. you know, yeah, yeah, find yeah. his feet um, before next year. And then 
so it's all at, we were all saying goodbye basically at like nine o'clock in the morning as we left the tour of britain luke lamperty was down there ollie reese and it came about that um do we have enough riders to do the race and luke lamperty in his american accent was just like hey man why are you doing and i was like mate i can't <laughs> race like <laughs> i can't do a race and i was like can i <laughs> and he was like he was like you can he was like you can do it man he was like he was like that stuff doesn't leave you you know like you've got it in your legs all those years now he was like making me believe that i could and i was like could i do it oh, i don't know and then i was like i don't know maybe i could so i then messaged mcquade and i was like if you if you need me to like obviously if you have enough riders in the team i won't do it because it's 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 about them you know what i mean I, i'm not a i'm not a bike rider i'm not that's not what i'm doing anymore but at the same time if they don't have enough riders i'm up for the challenge i've got three weeks to train so the possibility of me riding the tour de taiwan at the minute is hedged on what riders trinity have to do it and andrew mcquay's decision so i've chased them up and hopefully i'll know more in the okay next pete days. so stage mm. One is Taipei City mm -hmm. to Taipei City. It looks like it's just a. It looks like it's a circuit race. Pan flat. Circuit it's only race. 80, 80 odd kilometers. So that will ease you into it. Do that tomorrow. That's, That's fine. fine. That's okay, fine. I'm going to click on stage two now. Race profile: one hundred twenty-three kilometers. Um, oh, oh. No. Yeah. Stop no. It. That you climb up to. You climb from sea level up to four hundred thirty-eight meters and over a series of little hills. Oh, it looks that. like a tour of Britain. It looks like that. a tour of Britain profile, but actually, I don't think it's quite yeah. as bad as it, it appears on the profile. Stage three. Um. So, but it is an uphill finish. Stage three is called the Taiwan Romantic Route, and it's got a it, mm, it's got ooh, a big nice. climb in the middle, and then kind of like a few little kickers towards the end. So that'll probably be a sprint. These climbs in the middle is going to be. That that's going to be worrying because middle's not good. like I said I've got nothing to lose but I don't want to be in the team right. cars you know what I mean fighting to just stage four the, the website mm. just says under construction <laughs> 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 and stage five let's have a look it's five day that's stage good. race stage five let's see if they've got that up because that's that my the final decisive stage is called gorgeous Lugdu and uh, that's the stage and it's got oh it's got a it's a summit finish Pete with, uh, you, yeah, looks quite big mountain no. by the looks of it. That's, that's, that's okay. That's okay. That's, that's okay. You I only need to get to the last you, there. Yeah. yeah, you can do deliveries into the climbs and hero it if there's summer <laughs> yeah. finishes. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just need to get to the last stage. Well, under construction. Um, mm, very concerned. But I don't think they're going to do anything crazy. I think, I think, honestly, I think this is really good um, as a case study for, for Surpass. Like, if you can kind of train yourself. Yeah, but... I agree with you, David, but also it's, it's talent, isn't it? So we can't really, you True. know, it's not generic for, for everyone no. because. Yeah. But it's more it's the there, will, isn't it? It's the will. It, yeah. And and the passion to get out on your bike passion. every day. I and also, like, Lauren was like, set. have you, Lauren was like, will you not be embarrassed if you laugh? <laughs> and I was like, Lauren, have you not realized that I am so far past that? Like you'd be a hero for finishing. Why would I be embarrassed? Like no, I'd be. I mean, I'd be so proud to be last and finish it, and actually be and finish classified. All those photos with the Trinity jersey on, you know, like overly slightly overweight 
unconditioned yeah. fat calf <laughs> muscles. Um, yeah, and and, and I get and I'd have tan lines again. It'd be brilliant. I know. And I also, actually, when a f- well, David, Ned, I know you're great at dropping voice notes in, but I'm doing this live on the pod. We usually do yeah. this before the pod, but David's voice note for me for the reasoning for doing Taiwan was pretty. Oh epic. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, wasn't it? Uh, and also. I lost my train of thought there because no, I I'll, I'll drop it in now. I'll put it into the edit now, Pete, while you regain your thoughts. Damn right, it'll be such a cool four weeks. I love it. I might start riding my bike in as well. Um, yeah, no, do it. I honestly, be really good for Surpass because you can kind of link it into Surpass and get people to follow you and follow Surpass to get your kind of training updates and and it kind of goes to show that it's possible to train for something. You're kind of putting your 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 mouth where your money is, or is it the other way around? That's what I'm saying. Anyway, cool. I'm all, we're, we're behind you, Pete, obviously. I mean, just for fucking content. But um, also, I think it's just going to be great. But, yeah, it's normally won by Australians, this race, isn't it? I've just been looking at the final general. Last time it was raced yeah. in 2020, mm. it was like three Aussies in the top three from Bridge Lane and St. George and Team Sapura Cycling and all that. Yeah. There's a whole... It, it, Small it is fascinating, isn't it? The whole kind of like Pacific racing scene. You know, I just dipped into mm. it with a... Lankawi and all these kind of Aussie Aussie continental teams and then the Malaysian teams and Japan and it's pretty cool mm. it's a whole different whole different peloton it's yeah. really cool what yeah. experience world, we should yeah. definitely do it yeah. oh yeah I mean, that, that was it that. sorry I, I never so obviously Richie Port and Alex Dowsett had their retirement cut short um, and it left me thinking you know what I think if I was Richie Port He's got plans, hasn't he, after the Tour of Britain, so it's it's not it's not achievable, but I'd want to do another race or a one day knowing that so you knew the whole day it was gonna be your last race on the bike mm. and you could process the emotions. And then I thought, this is my chance. This is I it. never got that. It's your appreciation. I could spend a whole week like going through it and you know uh, apologizing to people. <laughs> apologizing to people that I've never met. Well, no, I'd probably have to apologise to everyone at the end of the race, wouldn't I? got angry again but yeah i could go through those emotions and really it could be like it could close it'd be very it would be closure wouldn't it be cathartic yeah Yeah. done i'm out and you finish like i never want to do that again but i enjoyed it space anyway yeah we'll We'll find out yeah next pod we'll have a decision so good okay guys yeah yeah we will do by then yeah all right well Mm. nice to speak to you again um yeah 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 yeah. posted and uh yeah we'll do it soon all right yeah all right. Cheers. See bye. You, bye. Look forward to it. See you guys. Good night.